morning. How are you? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo, this is the day. This is God's day. And we are glad that we are a part of it. It is so good to see you. It is so good to see our social media family. As you can tell, I am not possibly. Um, he is on assignment this morning, and so I am standing in his stead. And uh, we just give God praise today. And the last time I was, um, I ministered, which was last month, and it was, I think, the week after uh, Mother's Day, it could have been Mother's Day, but I ministered on March 11, and I ministered on prayer. And in Mark 11, Jesus spoke to the fig tree. And because the fig tree evidently spoke to him. So the circumstances spoke to Jesus, and Jesus, he didn't speak to me a fig tree, he answered. That's what King James says. He answered the fig tree. And so during that teaching, which is on Facebook, and just um, uh, access it in the archive. We, we learned that situations and circumstances speak to us, and we have to answer. We just can't leave that out idly. And so today I'm going to continue on prayer. And this is by the leading of the Lord because of where we are in the history of the world. You know, if you read Genesis, it says this is the history of the earth. The earth has a history. And we are a part of that history. And I find it very interesting that God is always talking about the land. He wants the land. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, he says, If my people who are called by my name would, would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and then will I hear, heal their land. So God wants the land. And so we are... Uh, uh, encouraged to pray. We are admonished to pray, especially, the scripture says, as the end approaches. And so we're going to, I'm going to stay on prayer for a while by the leading of the Lord. So today's teaching is on the spirit of delay. The spirit of delay. And it has a lot to do with prayer. Because a lot of times we pray, you know, you've heard the expression, um, delay but not denied. Well, what does that mean? Delayed but not denied. And after a while, that is no longer uh, sufficient. That is no that is, that, is, that that response of that saying is no longer sufficient to my need to have my prayers answered. Okay. And so, when you look at prayers that have been delayed, and what do I mean by that? Some of us we're all praying for something. Some of us have experienced the answer to some of the prayers that we pray. Is that right? Some of us are still waiting. I can I can name a number of things, probably at least a good page or two, single space, of things that I have prayed for, and it has taken decades for the fulfillment of those prayers, for those prayers to be answered. One prayer in particular, um, God, I've seen them answering in degrees. Okay, when we are praying for human beings, which is basically who we pray for, even if we're praying for the government, it is made up of human beings, is it not? So when we are praying, and God is leading us to pray, even for ourselves, there's a will involved. There's what I call development involved, okay? There's a prayer development that takes place. 
So when we pray and ask God to give us whatever it is we're asking God for, God, God needs to develop us. And it's just like our children who ask us for things. And they may ask, I want a new car. Well, you're just two years old. You're not going to get a car. Because if I gave you a car now, you would know enough to be dangerous. We heard of that, that saying. Okay? And so God, and that works the same way in the kingdom of God. In that we have to be developed. Our faith muscles have to be developed in order to sustain us in the answer to that prayer. For example, Moses was born to be Israel's deliverer. That's what the scripture says. It says it as plain as day in Hebrews. It says it as plain as day in Exodus. But yet, Moses was 80 years old before he stepped into the calling. The first 40 years was spent in Pharaoh's house, learning the ways of God's image. Learning the ways of the world, because Pharaoh can, uh, Egypt can be likened to the world system. So the first 40 years of his life were spent learning the ways of the world. And no doubt his mother, who uh, uh, Pharaoh's daughter hired to be his nanny, his mother taught him from birth who he was, that he was a Hebrew and that he was a special child, and that uh, she and her husband, recognizing that he was special and recognizing the death sentence that Pharaoh had announced on all of the male Hebrew babies, okay, he uh, they recognized that. So she taught him that you are special because we saw that you had the mark of God, that you had a calling of God on your life at birth. And so we, we made preparations for you to be protected by the leading of the Lord, and in God's sovereign will, uh, Pharaoh's daughter chose me to nurture you, to nurse you as your nanny. And so she taught her son who he was. So at age 40, he had to flee uh, Egypt because he murdered an Egyptian. All right? And so he was going to be exposed, and he fled. And so he stayed on the back side of the mountain for 40 years. So he was 80 before he stepped into his calling. And so God, although he had been born to be the deliverer for Israel, he could not do it until that development took place. Okay? So delayed but not denied. Sometimes we have to be developed. Our spiritual muscles have to be developed. Maybe, I can remember in my um, journey that I was not ready, my character was not ready to handle certain signs, to lead people. All right, to even be a parent, I was not, or to be a wife, I was not ready. So when you look at the spirit of delay, delay but not denied. Sometimes I just feel like smacking somebody, right? Like that's not what I want to hear. I'm frustrated right now. And what happens, what happens in the realm of prayer when our prayers go unanswered? And we're looking around and we're praying for other people. How many of you experience that you pray for other people and God answers your prayers for them immediately? But when it comes to you, it doesn't happen. So after a while, you become frustrated. And if you're not careful, two things will happen. You begin to become angry at God. You'll get angry at God. All right? And then you'll develop a hardness of heart toward him, and you'll begin to tune out the voice of the spirit. That's one thing that could happen that does happen. Some people have backslid because they say the word doesn't work. I pray to God, and he doesn't answer me. And so they turn from God. 
is you will open your mouth and dig up your seed. Dig up the seed that you have labored in prayer to plant, okay? How do you do that? You do that by telling your child or telling God, I'm not praying to him anymore. I'm not praying to that particular thing anymore. God, you brought me on this job. God, you brought me into this church and this ministry. And you told me to pray, but it seems like the more I pray, the worse it gets. You know, and you told me to go and tell Pastor so-and-so or so-and-so. Uh, and they, they didn't listen. They turned to deaf ear me because I'm a nobody in their sight, okay? So those are the kinds of things that happen when you pray and you become frustrated. So that's the natural sign of having your prayers delayed. Delayed but not denied, okay? Who wants to hear that? We just want our prayers answered, right? We just want our prayers answered. But so, part of what also can, can hinder you. So there's a natural side to delayed prayers and there's a spiritual side. And one of the components of the spiritual side in the realm of the spirit, because God is without order, He's a God of decency, right? And there are biblical principles that he will not violate. And he loves you. He loves you more than anyone else because he sent his only begotten son in the world to save you. So he loves you without a shadow of a doubt. But there are certain biblical principles that if you or I violate them, then our prayers are not going to be answered. They're going to be hindered, right? They're going to be delayed, okay? One of those principles is rebellion. That's rebellion. And the scripture says in Proverbs that you can drive out rebellion from a child by chastising them, right? By applying the wrong, okay? And so rebellion is from childhood. And sometimes it's innate. It's just a part of that person's DNA, a part of that person's makeup. They're just born rebellious. As a baby, you can see that in them. And sometimes it's a learned behavior. You learn to manipulate, and you learn to rebel, and you learn not. And it could be for because you were offended with that with your parents or your teacher or whatever, but you make a decision by an act of your will not to comply. Well, that can delay the answer to your prayers. And you may not even know it's there. It takes the Holy Spirit to Deal, what's really in the heart because we know the outward part of the man, right? I know me, but it takes the Holy Spirit to show me me, okay? So rebellion. And then the other kind, uh, other uh, uh, component could be doubt and unbelief. And it's so easy. So many of us, all of us, have some form of doubt and unbelief on the inside of us. I don't care who we are, how great we are. The Holy Spirit can reveal and will reveal doubt and unbelief. So these components can delay the answer to your prayers. Not just your personal prayers and not just praying for other people, but as you begin to become adept at this thing called prayer, God wants to take you deeper. He wants you to stop scratching the surface with the chicken, to stop scratching in the dirt with the chickens, and to start soaring as an eagle so he can show you what's really going on and he can use you in prayer to overthrow nations, to overrule, all right, and overturn judgments that have been written against nations and governments 
Okay? That's prayer. All right? So, the spirit of delay. So, there are, you know, a lot of people, and I'm not going to get deep today because I really could get deep, but I don't want to get deep and spooky. Okay? But a lot of people don't believe that there is a spirit around. They don't believe that demonic spirits exist. See, we take it for granted because that's our language. That's the language we speak. But in some, uh, a lot of congregations, it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. It's just a bunch of a spooky, spooky, spooky spooks, okay? And then spooky saints. And so they don't believe, but it's scriptural. It's scriptural. I tell you, it's scriptural. I remember as a little girl um, in Missouri, there was a lot of demonic activity. I remember spirits touching me, being in the kitchen at night looking for something to eat while everyone else was asleep and I should have been asleep. But I'm trying to, you know, eat a cookie that my mother or whatever said, don't eat. I'm downstairs trying to sleep a snack. And then something would either call my name or touch me. You know, and then I would see things, okay? So it's not a new phenomenon, all right? The spirit well realm exists. So, and I'm not, I just want to give you these scriptures because of a lack of time. Time. So, 2 Chronicles 19, especially verses 20 and 21. 2 Chronicles 19 speaks of two kings. One is a good king, that's Jehoshaphat, and one is a bad king, that's Ahab. Okay? And Ahab was really uh, very manipulative. And his character was one of manipulation and cowardice. He used his wife Jezebel. Not that Jezebel needed a lot of uh, encouragement because she just loved control. All right, so it didn't take much for her to step into that that frame. But she didn't emasculate him. Unlike you know our uh, perception or our uh, the way we our perception of Jezebel, she really didn't manipulate him, and she didn't control him. He controlled her behind the scenes. And she couldn't see it because she just loved power and control so much, okay? So he was the husband of Jezebel, and he needed to go to war, but he didn't want to go to war by himself, although he had a very capable army. So he asked King Jehoshaphat if Jehoshaphat would, would come into allegiance with him, and Jehoshaphat did it because they were related to one another by marriage. But Jehoshaphat, in, in a, 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 this scripture, in 2 Chronicles 19, Jehoshaphat knew enough about God to have a check in his spirit. He didn't, he didn't feel released 100%. So he said, hesitated and he asked Ahab, is there, do you have a prophet? Can we inquire of the Lord? Ahab said, I sure do, I have 400. All right? And so he called forth the 400 prophets. And the scripture says that the 400 prophets prophesied that God, yes, God is saying, yes, go to war, and I am going to uh, uh, you're going to win the battle. Well, these were live prophets. That's what the scripture says. So for those who are in prophetic camps, that needs to let us know that we can't go running in behind the prophets. It's, we're not led the prophets, we're led with the spirit, the Holy Spirit. So fortunately, Jehoshaphat still didn't feel completely released. He had what we would call a check in the spirit. So he said, is there another prophet? And Ahab said, yep, there is. I hate him. His name is Micaiah. I hate him because he never prophesies anything good to me. And so he called Micaiah. Micaiah prophesied the truth. And here's how he prophesied, OK? 
And if you look at First Kings, or Second Chronicles 19, verse 20, and I'm not there yet, but I will. Second Chronicles 19. So Second Chronicles 19, um, Micaiah is speaking, and we're talking about the spirit of delay and whether or not these spirits really exist, right? So, Second uh, Chronicles 18, I'm sorry, I said 19. Second Chronicles 18, okay? And it said, uh, so, Micaiah is in the court of heaven, and they're having a discussion, right? God is there, the, the Godhead is there, the angelic hosts are there, and demonic spirits are there, okay? And it says in Second uh, Chronicles 18, verse 19, and the Lord said, Micaiah, now let's start with verse 18. Again, he said, therefore, hear the word of the Lord, Micaiah speaking, I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne. So he's right there in heavenly places. And all the host of heaven standing on the right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, they're discussing the um, destiny of Ahab. Our destinies are inside. So we're looking at this, okay? And uh, the Lord said, who shall entice Ahab, king of Israel, that he may go and fall at Ramoth Gilead, that he might go and die? Because this is the fulfillment of his destiny, okay? And one spoke saying after this man in manner, and another uh, after saying after that manner. Then there came out a spirit, not an angelic host, a spirit, and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. And the Lord said, how? And the spirit said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all the 400 prophets. And the Lord said, you shall entice him, and you shall also prevail Go out and do it. This is the court of heaven. Okay? So the spirit realm exists. That same account is also found in 1 Kings 19, verse 22. Then in Job 1, chapter 1 and chapter 3, or chapter 2, chapters 1 and chapter 2, we see again a setting where God is on his throne. And we see again the angelic host with him. And it says in Job 1 and Job 2 that Satan himself approached God. Satan himself was in the court of heaven. And Satan himself came and began to accuse. And see, since we saw a lot here, now we're seeing Satan himself come in and he accuses God's people. And evidently, he was right about these particular people that their characters were ragged, okay? But then God said, well, have you considered this one? This is my champion. Have you considered my servant Job? Because there's none in the earth like him. Okay? And then Job, and then, uh, 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 there was a discussion about Job. And long story short, God in both chapters 1 and chapters 2 said, yes, you can go and you can attack him, but you can't take his life. All right? Because even then, will he not deny me? He will not curse me. He 
because he is a man of integrity. Okay, so this is the glimpse into the realm of the spirit. So it does exist. Demons, demonic uh, entities do exist. All right, angels exist and demons exist. We're talking about a delay, a spirit of delay, and I just want to establish that there is a spirit of the realm, so you don't think I'm out here because Apostle is not here and I'm going Okay, so it does exist. Then in Psalms 103, so that's a, we saw a live spirit, and this is an accusing spirit. And one of the names for Satan is the accuser of the brethren. The accuser of the brethren. And it's so easy to allow the enemy to use our members, which would be my tongue, to accuse the brethren. And I have to repent this morning because I accused the brethren. And I was, you know, it says in, in King James, I'm a King James enthusiast, that uh, whoever was was smoked in the heart. Well, I was smoked in the heart, and I had to repent to that person and to God, because I not only accused that person to the person I was talking about to the person I was talking to, but I also accused that person to God. So how many times do we do that? You can, you can call it judging or whatever, but we are accusing. And so these are spirits. And even when we lie, there's a lying spirit that is in our tongues. Amen? So then in Psalm 103.20, because I don't want to get to the spirit of the lie. Psalm 103.20 talks about God's angels. God's angels. And it says, bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength. They excel in strength, okay? That do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of the Lord. So they excel in strength, and we see, we see that, or we saw that, in when Jesus was led into the wilderness by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. And after the three temptations, the scripture says that the angels came and strengthened him. So the angels come, one of their, their, their uh, assignments as far as the humans, is to strengthen us. And it says also in verse 20 that they hearken to the voice of God's word. So they hearken, they hear, and they do. They don't just hear, but they do. They are activated. So when we are speaking God's word, the angels are activated, and they go forth to do what? To bring to pass that which we have spoken. So if we are saying uh, that by his stripes you are healed. The angels hear that and they are activated to go forth and to bring that word to pass. Okay? Or if we say that he has given his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways, the angels are activated. They hearken to the voice of the word and you are his voice here. You release the word of God through your, your, your vocal uh, cords, okay? your windpipe and, and, and the angels are here and they snatch that word. You know, Romans 8 talks about the Holy Spirit and the amplified, you know, amplified word in verse 26-27 and it says, I love that, that translation of the amplified in the scripture because it says he catches up. He catches up. And you know, prayer is not just getting on our hands and knees and saying, Father, in the name of Jesus. Everything, every utterance is a form of communication, is it not? And when I communicate with you, or you, when you communicate with one another, you don't get down and say, whither thou forth, you know, Georgia, Marlene, 
tongue. You speak. The centurion tells you to speak the word. That's all you have to do. You don't have to come to my house. Speak the word only. And so when we speak, there's so much power being released in our words that we really need to be cognizant of that. That's why I had to repent. Yes. And you say, well, even though it's true, well, come on. Is it true? Well, maybe he did steal your money, but do I need to go and broadcast it? There's a difference. Yes. There's a difference. There's a time to release and there's a time to hide. So the, the angels, they, 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 they excel in strength and they hearken to the voice of the word of God. Meaning that they go forth and they make sure that they bring the what you have spoken, what you have released to pass. Now, so the angels are here and they are hearkening to the voice of your word. Guess what? There's a flip side and there are the uh, 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 demonic spirits. Wow. Somebody's going to bring what you speak to pass. Either the forces of God, the forces of God, or the forces of evil. Somebody's going to bring what you speak to pass. Amen. That's good. And when you go back to Job in chapters one and two, God is boasting on Job. God is boasting on his champion. And in verse chapter three, Job says, "The thing that I greatly fear has come to pass." Well, guess what? Because that's not the first thing he time he had spoken that. I mean, he made atonement for his children's sin daily, several times a day. He would make atonement for them. So he feared. And so there was a dark force to bring up to pass those words that he had spoken. Amen. So the spirit realm does exist. Okay? So the angels, they excel in strength and they hearken to the voice of the word of God. Which is his word in our mouths in the earth. Amen. Turn with me to Daniel 10 10 because we're talking about the spirit of delay. Daniel 10 10. And this goes through, uh, actually, the end of the chapter, but we're not going to read that. What's happening here in Daniel 10 10? Daniel uh, begins to fast and pray. He begins to fast and pray. And he fasts for 21 days. You know, the scripture says that it's not prayer and fasting, but fasting and prayer. And so he turned over his plate and he sought God for 21 days. He went on a 21-day fast in answer or in seeking the answer to his prayers. And the scripture says that on the 24th day, he had a divine visitation. And when you read this, it sounds like Jesus appeared to him. Because, you know, Jesus is in every book of the Bible. There are books written about that. And, and, and they point to Jesus being in every book of the Bible, from Genesis up into the New Testament. Jesus is in every book of the Bible. And throughout, from Genesis to Revelation. Okay, and so he has a divine visitation. He has a vision, and he's with people. You can read it yourself. I'm not backsliding. He was with a group of people, and no one saw it. They felt the presence of this divine uh, uh, being, which sounds like Jesus. But he saw the manifestation. He saw it. And so I, I'm looking at you, and you're looking at me, and so we're just going to go to. Uh, 
Let's start with the first one. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name is called Belshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. So the vision was true, but it was going to happen. It was not going to happen right away. And Daniel understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. So Daniel understood it, and he had revelation of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Mourning means fasting and prayer. He ate no pleasant bread. Neither came flesh nor wine in his mouth, neither did he anoint himself at all, all three whole weeks, until all three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twentieth day, of the twenty-fourth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is uh, uh, the, there then I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man, and this is Jesus, clothed in, in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of gold, Ufaz. Uh, his body also was like burning, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in colors of polished brass. And the voice of his words were like the voice of the multitude, or the voice of many waters. Well, that describes you. Amen. Amen. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were met with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking. They felt it fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Okay, so he had a divine visitation. And then in verse 10, he has an angelic visitation. Okay? We're talking about a spirit of the spirit of delay. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my feet, and he pulled me up. And he said, Daniel, again, greatly beloved, understand, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. So the angel of the Lord were sent, was sent to Daniel as a result of his prayer. And remember in 103, Psalm 103.20, it says the angels hearken to the voice of his word. So this angel was sent as a result of Daniel's prayer. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before God, your words were heard, and I am come for thy words. So the first day, on the, the first moment, I turned over my plate and I began to chasten myself and pray, although my fast was 21 uh, days. He was dispatched to bring me the answer to my prayers. That's what he said here. He was dispatched to bring me the answer to my prayers. So, Father, I pray right now for focus. I pray right now for focus, that your anointing would fall and that the heaven would be open. And that, Father, you would deal with the hearts of objection. You would deal with the heart of objection. And you would cleanse the atmosphere. So your word would not be delayed. And your word would not be hindered. And I'm praying for heaven's perspective that it's already done. Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. And so the angels have been dispatched. 
So it says the first day that you prayed, the first day you prayed, I was released to bring the answer to your prayers. And he says something very key here, that if you're not listening, you will miss. And it says at the end of that 12th verse, and I am come for thy words. I am come for thy words. God is speaking that to us right now. No matter what it is, wherever you are, especially dealing with this pandemic and all that is unleashed as a result of the end of the world. It's been like the end of the world. We were all shut down, locked down. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every kindred, every church, every ministry, every prayer group, every parent church ministry, even families were shut down, locked down. And it created undue stress. If you had mental illness beforehand, you had, you, it, it, it exacerbated everything that you were dealing with. And to exacerbate needs to make it worse, manifold, multiply, magnify. So whatever you were dealing with, if you had marital disharmony, guess what? That pandemic created such pressure that either you were going to press in, you know, how does that scripture go? That either you were going to fall upon the, the, the cornerstone, the rock, or it was going to fall on you and crush you, one way or the other. But it really did, there was a shaking, and everything that could be shaken was shaken. Amen? And so Jesus said, uh, 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 the angel said, and I think it's Gabriel, because Gabriel is the messenger angel. He is sent from the throne and I know people who have, Gabriel has come and visited them, and he has brought them words from heaven concerning whatever it was they were praying for. And I'm not, in, 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 in most of the, the instances in which I, I, people have shared this with me, it has not been something minor. Like, what should I wear tomorrow? No, no, it's something major. All right? But Gabriel was released. Gabriel said, I am come for thy word. In prayer, God releases his angels, and sometimes he releases Gabriel. And they come for thy word. They come as a result of what you're speaking. And we know in Romans 8, verses 26 through 28, sometimes it's not the word that we speak in English. It's not the words we speak in Spanish or any known tongue. It's just a sound. It's a sigh. It's a a groaning, something inarticulate, but it's language in the realm of the spirit. And I've said this before, there's a sound of prayer in the spirit. Even when we release in our known tongue, there's a sound of prayer. And it shakes heaven and it troubles hell. Amen. There's a sound. And so the angel came for thy word. The angel has come, dear one. For thy words. A spirit of delay, it has taken, in one instance, I'm still dealing with something and it's more than 30 years old. But the angels have come for my words. Amen. So I'm coming from it, a perspective of heaven. I'm not coming from down here with the chicken scratching in the dirt. Amen. Remember, I started off by saying God wants to take us deeper in the realm of the spirit where we're no longer scratching with the chickens, but we are soaring as eagles and he's able to share the secrets of his heart with us. He's 
able to share with us what really matters when all hell is breaking loose, and I really don't feel like praying. But there's something in me, even as Jeremiah said, like fire. It is like fire sharpening my, my bones, and I must pray. Even as Jesus said, I, I, I must go, I have need to go to Jerusalem or whatever, Samaria. I have need to go through Samaria. That's what he said. And no, it's not proper English, but that's King James. I have need to pray because I can't tell God. I can't not pray. Amen? So the angels, the angel Gabriel, the messenger angel, came straight from the throne room. He was dispatched from the court of heaven, came straight to Daniel, set him up on his seat, and began to talk to Daniel and deliver the answer to Daniel's prayer. Daniel was praying, seeking God, praying according to his will. Some of the, the, the delays on the natural side, according to the book of James, were not praying according to the will of God. We are praying amiss so we can consume it upon our own lusts. I remember doing that many times, praying, oh God, is that my husband? Lord, please let it be my husband. You know, just natural stuff. Consuming it upon my own lust. I want a big house. Why do you want a big house? I want this. I, I, I. Who's on that throne? I. The purpose of prayer is to find the heart found. God, what's your heart this morning? What is your heart on your heart this morning? that I can open myself and you can use me as a trumpet and you just do like this and I just blow air and the sounds that come out of my mouth you are responsible for. What's on your heart this morning? He woke me up the other morning and I, when he wakes me up, I, I listen because of, uh, without fail every morning. He's, I, I commune with him all night as I slept. As I sleep, I'm communing with him. And when I wake him and open my eyes, He's still speaking. He doesn't, I just don't get up and get out of the bed. He's still speaking. And whatever he's saying in that waking moment is key. It's key. And so I listen, you know, for what he's saying. Sometimes it's a song, sometimes it's a word, sometimes he puts a person's name in my uh, uh, spirit, and sometimes I see a face. All right, but he's speaking. So God, what's on your heart? Yeah, the other morning, two mornings, three mornings ago, he woke me up with the name of one of the uh, local news anchors. And I don't know her. And I heard her name, and I, I heard it three or four times. I said, well, that's my usual last name. And then with my lightning-based intellect, I realized, oh, she's prayer. So I didn't know what to pray, so I just prayed in my spirit. I will come with my words. Yes. So the angel of the Lord came to me for her words. Someone is praying. We pray and ask God to send forth laborers into the harvest to bring forth souls. That's what we're, you know, that's the formula that we're given. Don't just say, oh God, save them. No, praise the The scripture says, praise the Lord of the harvest, that I will send forth laborers to bring Forth those souls, amen. So, evidently, some laborer, some intercessor was praying, and I picked it up in the spirit, and I became one of those laborers who were sent into the field. 
to help bring her in. I don't know if she stayed up long she's a heathen, but I collaborated with God. All right? I am come for thy words. Now, this is pretty deep. This is pretty deep because in Exodus 2, in Exodus 2, verses 23 through 25, it talks about the Egyptians, the Israelites, and they were in Egyptian bondage. And they were in bondage for 400 years. You talk about the spirit of the land. For 400 years. They were in bondage. And in verse 23 it says, And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed. They made a sound. Sigh. That was a prayer. That was interpreted. According to Romans 8:27, as an inarticulate groan, a moaning, and it was the Holy Spirit took it before the Lord. And it says right here that they sighed. Amen. By reason of the bondage. And they cried. They prayed. They just didn't complain. They cried. They cried out in their complaint. And their cry came up unto God by reason of their bondage. All right? And God heard their groaning. There's all kinds of symbolism here. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. And God did not forget that he had a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He did not forget. But there was something about this. There was something about their pride. There was something about their groaning. There was something about their prayer that touched heaven. There was something about your prayer. You, you've done all. You've said all. You've been desperate. You've tried to fix it yourself. There was something about your surrender. Something about your prayer that touched God. And put him in remembrance, which does not mean he forgot the scripture, he says, put me in remembrance. All right? There was something about your prayer that touched God. And it says, and God looked upon, he looked at God, his attention. Do your prayers get God's attention? Or does he get on his Here she goes again. I can't answer her prayer because she's not praying on target. He's not praying on target. Only hear from him every new moment. I mean, this thing is a process. All right. But it says that he looked upon their, the children of Israel, and God had respect to them. It didn't mean he was he favored them. But that says God, they got his attention. And because they got his attention, God moved in their behalf. Then in Exodus 3, verses 7 through 9, and the Lord said, I have, now see what happened was, they got God's attention in chapter 2, and between uh, verse, chapter 2, verse 25, and Exodus 3, verse 7, God got a hold of Moses. Remember? Israel's deliverer. God got a hold of Moses, and Moses had an experience with God. And God began to speak to Moses about his purpose. Why? Because someone was praying. There were a nation of people who needed to be delivered by the will of God. Okay? 
verse 7, the Lord is speaking to Moses and he said, I have seen, surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. I know on an intimate basis, on an intimate level, I know their sorrows. Okay? I know them. He says, I have seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And he said, I have come down to deliver them. God himself has come into the scene. He has entered into your prayer. Himself personally. He didn't send an emissary. He didn't send his assistant. He said, I have come down. The Lord said, I have come down. To deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good land and a large land, etc., etc., etc. He says, I have come down. He said, I have heard, I have seen, and I have come down. This was a 400-year prayer where these people were in bondage. And they were in bondage. And it was hard under the old Pharaoh that he died. The old regime died. Okay, so listen. News break, news break, news break. The old mindset and that old anointing that we used to just revel in, it's gone. It died. It's dead. Coronavirus came in and killed it all. It killed it all. So we are we are under a new dispensation. We are under a new anointing. We are in new wine skins. Okay? The old is gone. So for me, for the old is going to be fasting. The great leaders appointed. The old is gone. The old is gone. He says, I am come down to deliver them by reason of their groaning. Okay, so let me make this point. It is wow. Let me make this point. What if? See, God wants out of the box. And I had a vision of him the other day just stepping out. Who is the king of glory? He said, Me. And he stepped out. Okay. He stepped out of the box. He's no longer going to be restrained. Okay? Out of the box. Some folks came out of the closet. Well, he came out of the box. Okay? So, we have been praying. Not just us. And not just you. People worldwide are praying. And God is releasing his angel. And they are coming for our words. Alright? And so, pressure has been put upon the anointing. We have pulled upon the anointing, and we have put pressure. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, uh -huh. and we have been violent. Uh -huh. uh -huh. uh -huh. uh -huh. I'm just going to talk about the spirit of the lamb. What did he say? We have been violent. And so, what are we saying? See, we've had God in the box, even as Israel had God in the box, and they thought that his son, when he came into the world, that he was going to look like this, and he was going to do it this way. But that was not at all God. He was totally unconventional and all God. Okay? So we have to, we have assumed that God is going to do it the way we think. That he's in our own natural human understanding. Okay? We thought that because we pray, God, we want those mountains, those seven mountains of influence that we talk about, arts and entertainment, family, government, church, things uh, 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 or the other Yes, business, education, family. So we thought it was going to look like what we thought it was going to look like. You know, like uh, what's his name says on uh, Tyler Perry, Pete Brown, looking like the looking. That's what we thought God was going to do, okay? 
but that is not God. So, so we, we rejoice because every year we come into a new year, you know, we have our goals and whatnot, we receive all of these different prophecies, God's giving to various and numerous prophets, and I need to hurry up because I think that's now, amen. So, at any rate, we thought that God was going to do it a certain way. We know that uh, Bob Jones prophesied back in, I think, in the 70s or 80s that when the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, then uh, a revival would come, a spiritual awakening would come. And we were all excited. All nations, tongues, kindreds, races, we were all excited because we thought that it was going to look like it used to in the days of old. God's way of revival is to be different. God's way of revival is a social
okay, amen, and I had to deal with them. And then, so he said, but I broke through. He said, but then, Michael, your glory prince, and he uses the word, your glory prince had to come and help me. Because the warfare over your words, over your prayers, were so intense that there was a battle in the heavens. God is not refusing you. God has not deserted you. God has not abandoned you. He heard you the first time you cried, like we hear our kids and our grandkids. We hear them. Although we may not answer them immediately, but we hear them. God hears you. He hears your cries. But with the spirits that come to delay the answer to your prayers are hindering spirits. Now, the hindering spirits, they want to stop. The spirit of delay, he just wants to delay the answer to your prayers. And it's like dealing with cancer. If the cancer, what happens after a while because of the pain and the mental assault? People give up. And that's what wears them out. And so they give up. And then that, the disease just comes and consumes them. I'm not blaming, I've been with too many people who died of cancer to blame anybody. But I'm just telling you what I've seen. There's a, there's a, a, a point in which a lot of them have given up because it is fierce. Because there's a delay. There's a delay. Amen? There is a delay. So the delay wants to completely the, the hindering spirits not only want to hinder you from coming, hinder you from receiving the answer to your prayers, but they want to stop you in your travels. Because if you're hindered enough, what do you do? You just give up. You turn around and you go home. Evidently, I, you know, I, I, I broke my fingernail uh, trying to get out the door to come to church. Then I broke my, the heel of my shoe. Then I buy some coffee. The coffee is bitter, and then I wasted it my, on my dress. But I just want to go home. All kinds of warfare just to get to where you're going, all right? So the spirit of delay comes not because God doesn't hear you, because the moment you utter, the more moment you pray that prayer, the moment you release that sigh, angels are released because they hearken to the voice of your words, which are the word of God in your mouth, which is why we must take heed to what we speak, especially as the days draw now, to the end. And we don't know when the end will be, but we know that we, at one point, will leave from here. So we need to be cognizant of what we speak. All right? So the spirit of the leg comes to hinder the answer to your prayers, because I want you to know when you pray from heaven's perspective, God has heard you. Jesus did it on the cross. There's nothing you can do, nothing you have to do. You're not going to be able to twist God's arm. Fasting does not twist God's arm. Amen. But prayer does. Abraham prayed and Moses prayed. And Abraham, because of Abraham's God, a prayer, uh, Moses' prayer, it says God repented. God repented of what he was going to do. He was going to destroy the children of Moses. God repented. God was going to destroy the entire cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But because of Abraham's intercession, God didn't. He spared the tent because Abraham stood before God as an intercessor. And the angels that, the angelic host that visited Abraham prior to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah came as a result of his words. He came for thy words. So I'm going to wrap it up. Amen. I'm going to wrap it up. Praise the Lord.
So the enemy can't stop your prayers, but he can delay them. Amen. So take hold of the horns of the altar. Double down on the word. This is what you need to do. In that waiting period, you know, like women, it's like being pregnant and you really want that baby to come. You are tired of being pregnant. Amen. What can you do? Some women walk up and down the steps. Some people, you know, we do a number of things. Like old wives' tales, you know, great cause your, uh, to start the labor puzzle, later to begin. But in reality, the baby's not coming until it's supposed to come. Okay. So we double down on the word and we begin to pray the scriptures. God is obligated to answer his own words. He says, I cannot deny myself. First John 5, 14, 15 says, this is the confidence. I can have confidence that I'm praying from God's perspective when I find this word. It says, this is the confidence we have in you if we ask anything according to your will. This is the will in the last testament of us. And if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And since I know in my knower that he hears me, whatsoever I ask and I know I have the answer to my prayers. So we double down on the word and we pray the scriptures. We set our face like flint. We have a no-nonsense attitude. You're not going to distract me, and I'm going to stay focused. Rispa stayed focused. She was uh, Saul's one of his harlots, and they killed her sons. And they hung them on the pit, killed them by hanging them. And she she, she fixed a, a pallet. And she did not leave her son. She fought off the fowls of the air and the birds. And she would not allow them to touch her children. Until finally David, King David heard about it. And King David gave her children an honorable burial. Rispa, we set our face like flint. And regardless of how long it takes for that prayer to be answered, and it's discouraging. I've been praying for one relative, and it, it is discouraging, I tell you. But I walk by faith and not by sight, and I better pray for him. I better pray for President Trump. I better pray for Governor Whitmer. I better pray. Because I'm praying and we see what's happening. I better pray. Amen. So that's what we do. And then Jacob. Jacob wrestled with that angel. See, Jacob had a character issue. If Jacob wrestled with that angel, Jacob, Jacob said, I'm not letting go. Until you bless me, uh -huh. I'm not going to let God go, God. Uh -huh. I'm not going to let go of the yeah. horns of the altar until I see the answer to this prayer. And I don't have to see it with these physical eyes, but I need to know yeah. it in my door and see it with my spiritual eyes that it shall come to pass. Because some prayers are going to be after, answered after you die. You're not going to see it. Amen. Yeah. Hebrews 11, 13. It says the patriarchs who move mountains by faith. Who saw their dead raised from uh, 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 loved ones raised from the dead by faith? And then it says that they didn't. Uh, uh, let me just read that. Let me just read that. Let me just read that. Amen. There's nothing like the word of God. And I'm almost done. I, I promise I am almost done. Almost. 11. 11. Hebrews 11. Hallelujah. 13. These are the in faith. They didn't die outside of faith. We're going to die. So I might as well die believing as opposed to dying in doubt and belief. Amen. So die in faith, not having received the promises. There are things that I'm praying. I'm not going to see the answer to those prayers, but I'm going to know in my knower that they're answered again. But having seen them afar off through the eyes of faith, you see it through the eyes of faith, afar off. I see. I was talking to someone yesterday. I said, you know, I used to tell you this. 
I used to say, hang on, sis. Hang on. I said, because I see it done. I told her several times about regarding several things. I see it. Don't you see it? Just hold on. Just hold on. So they saw it afar off, and they were persuaded of them. Abraham was fully persuaded. God cannot fail. God is faithful. He will never, ever fail. Amen? So they were persuaded of them, and they embraced them. They embraced them. Much like if I came and hugged you, which I will not because we're practicing social distancing, but if I came and I hugged you, they embraced what they saw far off. Amen. They embraced the promises of God. Amen. Because they understood that they were strangers in the land. So, Jacob. Jacob said, I'm not letting go until you bless me. I'm not letting go, God. I'll stay in this prayer posture until I, I get released. I get released. And if you're still agitated, you're still feeling this, you know, I feel it here. It's almost like a bird. It's like a bird. And I just, it's not easy. I'm not letting go until that goes. I'm not letting go, God, until you you take the burden. All right. So you take hold of the horns of the altar and you set your face like flint. You double down on the word and you pray the scriptures. If something happens when you pray the word, the angels hearken to the voice of the scripture. Pray it out loud. God, I thank you that Bible dwells in the secret place of the Most High. I thank you, God, that no evil shall befall us. When that plague started, they started talking about it was coming this way. I literally, there shall no evil befall us, and neither shall any plague come by our dwelling. I'm talking about the United States of America, not just my home, not just NMJC and our family, amen, but the United States of America, no evil. Amen? So pray the word. Increase your time in prayer. Double your time in prayer. And I would dare say to begin to look at the Bible, and take note at what time you start praying. These are those who, who really think you set aside a time to pray. I pray all day, but I set a time to pray. And then the Lord awakens me. And I have that time with him. I note, note the clock. And endeavor to pray an hour. Jesus asked his disciples, could you not tarry an hour? Could you not tarry one hour? Literally, begin to press yourself to pray. Well, you think, well, I, I, I don't have enough to pray. There's not that much praying in the world, so amen. But really, when the Holy Spirit can pray his heart, there is. There is. It's inexhaustible. Amen. Begin to double your time in prayer and pray in the Holy Ghost. For those who don't know how, for those who don't believe it, just get in your prayer closet, begin worshiping God, amen. Get lost in him before you know it, you're going to have a prayer language because he's going to take on control of that tongue. This one woman said she taught her Bible study that prayer, that tongues don't exist, and they were in like a Presbyterian church. And one morning she woke up and her daughters were standing there and she opened her mouth and was speaking in tongues. At first she thought it was gibberish, right? But then when she woke up and her daughters were standing there and she was fluent in her, her language, she had to go back and teach her Bible study because she was filled with sovereign amen. Pray in the spirit. I didn't know what to pray for that news anchor, so I prayed in the spirit. I prayed in the spirit, amen. And then fast, 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 fast. And don't go on a fast based on, ask God, Lord, I would like to fast. This is the icing on the cake. I would like to fast, and I need you to show me how. And he will show you how. Isaiah 58 says, he says, is not this the fast that I have chosen? And then Isaiah begins to talk about the benefits of the fast. He says to loose the bands of wickedness. These are people who were praying for the nations. 
the governments, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. That's why God wants you to fast. Amen? And then in verse 8, it says, this is the benefit of you fasting. He says, your light will break forth as the morning. Has it been dark in your world? Your light will break forth as the morning. And your health shall spring forth. Speedily. Fasting. Your health will break, break forth speedily. And your righteousness, your right standing before God will go before you. Favor will go before you. And the glory of the Lord shall be your reward. And then shall you call, and the Lord shall answer. Fasting. I am come for thy words. You're dealing with the spirit of delay. He comes to delay. He comes not opposing to kill, to steal, to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life, and that more abundantly. You're, you're dealing with the spirit of delay. Opposition comes. Opposition comes. And if it doesn't come, that means you're dead. All right? Do these things. Think on these things and do these things. Amen? Praise the Lord. I'm not sure I went over my time. Father, I just bless you. So we'll see you next time, next week. Amen. If I'm still alive, we'll see you next week. Uh, Father, I bless you and I thank you in Jesus' name for your people. I thank you, God, that your word is alive. It quickens. It's quick and uh, powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it does divide the center, soul, and spirit, joints, and marrow. And it discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So God, begin to show us. Uh, show me me and show them them. Don't let them sit back and and think that uh, judge me or be judged now, God, but show us us. Allow let the Holy Ghost, the light of your spirit, illuminate those places in us that are dark, that will cause the delay in the answer to our, our prayers. I pray for a soaking today, like a soaking rain. I pray for a soaking. That God, we will soak in your words, God, that they would just wave heavily upon us. That we would wear them like a garment. And Holy Spirit, that you would do what you do. And that's to bring all things back to our remembrance. And show us the practical application of your word. For your word is life to those who find it and health to all. I pray for strength for you. I pray for strength for you. Supernatural degree. God says that's like a buoy. The buoys in the water. God says that's how I'm doing it right now. Daughter, I just buoy you. If you're bobbing wrong, God says you don't have to do anything anymore. Just rest in me. Because I'm buoying you. Hallelujah, God. So, Father, we bless you. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And my thoughts, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the sea. These are days of trouble, but he says, I am best. I am Lord Sabbath. I am a refuge, I am your strength, and I'm not just a help, I'm a very present help. So call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. These are the days. In Jesus' name. Amen.
God bless you. We'll see you next week. Um,